What's up, everybody? This is Josh with the Smiley Talk Podcast. Got my boy Christian on the other line. What's up, buddy? What's up? That was a that was an amazing tone of voice that you used for that I was, intro. I was trying to I'm trying to bring it tonight. This is podcast number two. Yeah. Trying to bring the energy. I'm a, I'm a little drunk. I I'm on an empty stomach. <laughs> I just slammed a beer, dude. Feeling good. We've both been working out pretty hard too. We're trying to. <laughs> We're gonna be we're gonna be some hot hot boys by the time fishing season comes around. I'm hoping I'm hoping for at least one topless uh, pose with a bass per week. That's my promise to the listeners. I, I'll go topless, dude, but there is no six pack to be found on me. <laughs> not even not even a one pack. So uh, uh, we have our we have our guest uh, that's joined us, Joey uh, Joey Walton from uh out in the mountains what's up joey how you doing what's going on guys not bad not bad yeah dude joey has been uh will be rising to to instagram and social media fame with some absolute monsters that he's been posting online for like the last few months and uh enjoy your fishing spots while while you can because i think people are going to be dissecting every video for any little log that looks slightly amiss so that they can uh identify where you're going yeah you know i i forgot to wear my whole buzzard hat um i was gonna wear that so yeah you know i'm i'm not too too concerned about it in a sense everything up there looks the same i mean and that's the cold hard truth there's still people that are posting videos up there from you know, whoever else posts their stuff. Um, and I've fished this place a long time. I know every bank there is. And sometimes I'm still looking at photos where these dudes are catching fish and I'm still questioning where it's at. I got to yeah. really, really dissect it. So that's where hmm. it's not too much of an issue. I don't think it looks you're, so you primarily fish. Um, do you, I don't, I don't want to, you know, you're you're in idaho is that okay to say if yeah. not i can blank we can blank that out okay no, that's right okay and it, uh you know kind of a lake reservoir fisherman right mm-hmm. yeah well okay. i mean i'm also a river fisherman uh, oh cool okay I a river five minutes from my house that kicks out six five pound smallies so oh nice is it the snake are you out, are you out near the snake Yep. Very cool. Yeah. Well, if we are out there, we have a buddy now that we can go fish the Snake <laughs> yeah. River. Dude, there are some awesome that that river is pretty incredible. I mean, yeah, does it still get sam? You can still get salmon that run up as far as where you're at, or no? Oh yeah. So actually, on New Year's Eve, me and my partner Jaden, we went out um, out on the confluence right there. The steelhead are running really heavy right now, so we oh, went cool. out and uh, forward faced sonared some steelhead. Uh, we hooked up <laughs> hooked up with four giants, but we couldn't get them to the boat. So that's mm. dude that's incredible because yeah i've also seen some like crazy uh sturgeon videos up there and like dude, guys bass fish like on a salmon smelt pattern out of the snake and pretty interesting cool and just the canyon looks gorgeous I and mean, yeah, it looks like a really cool really cool river so it's- yeah i'd say idaho and indiana couldn't be 
opposite of one another as far as our geography goes. So yeah, pretty pretty different, <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> most, most people from the south, you know, where there ain't no hills or anything, they get up in these country and they 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 get claustrophobic. They get yeah. Uh, yeah, they get anxiety because they they can't see anything. Everything's up, you know. It ain't yeah. flat. it ain't flat no more. Like everywhere you go is up. So. Yeah, dude. We drove drove. I was in Idaho for the first time um, last summer. We went and did uh, RV trip with our kids and stuff, and uh, went into Montana, Wyoming, and all that, and drove up from Salt Lake through Idaho. I was like, dude, this like that's like gotta be the most underrated state that I can think. Like I didn't hear that growing up. Yeah. I was like, dude, this place is beautiful. And like, I would like pull off. There's like dudes fly fishing off the side of the road. These like picturesque streams. I'm like, dude, why, why the hell did nobody tell me about Idaho, dude? They're keeping it. They're keeping it hush hush. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Keeping it on the DL. Yeah. Um, That's pretty cool, man. So one thing I was going to ask you about, um, because I think I, I checked out your um, Instagram uh, before before the interview or whatever. So do you um, have you been getting into like live scope at all? Yeah. So I use Active Target. How? Uh, what do you think? Like how how does that work? Like are you? Uh, is that a pretty effective tool when you add like adding that in? Yeah, absolutely. So really? yeah, I've got it. Um, I've had it for two and a half years now. And I've got okay. it. I've got it dialed. So <laughs> that's that's yeah. That's, pretty much comes down to it. So I yeah, mean, that's, so because awesome. we're not we're not lake guys like at all, really. I mean, we don't we there are some there are some reservoir smallies here and stuff like that. We don't have a lot of natural like big boatable natural lakes here. Um, but it's it's interesting to me. So like uh, wintertime fishing on a reservoir, like like where you're fishing. Mm-hmm. Are you targeting like specific depths? Are you targeting just a pile of structure? Um, what is kind of the method? So kind of like a lot of people, I don't, you can, uh, this time of the year in the winter, honestly, you can catch them all water columns. You can catch them dirt shallow. You can catch them mid column. You can catch them super deep. You can catch them suspended over 500 feet of water. Um, these fish are doing so many things and I think that's what it comes down to is people are going to go up there and say, Oh, I'm just going to go and drag a jig around off this big janky point, you know, and just do that all day and not get bit because you have to kind of dial in what these fish are doing throughout the day. So that's kind of, I have a pattern. I have a few spots I go to in the morning that I know is a good morning bite and I know where these fish are sitting. And then you know, late morning, I have another spot that's shallow that these fish move up for a couple hours every day at this point in time. And I watch them move up. It's almost like clockwork. And that's, they're, they're in such a habit and routine right now, getting so close to like dead winter that they're doing the same things over and over and over again. So basically I've just put a formula together to maximize my bites throughout the day. Like today I got, I mean, there was 50, caught about 12 fish about 18 bites so yeah that's what we always kind of talk about we do some have done some episodes on winter fishing and i feel like that's what separates winter from uh, all the other seasons is just the 
consistency of what the fish are doing. They just don't have a lot. There's not a lot of variables. Like they're doing the same thing every day. They're going, they're staying in a pretty confined place. Like they're not migrating a bunch of different And the big fish are vulnerable. Like they're not, um, as like, they're not as like, um, like they're with all the rest of the fish, I guess is what I'm saying. At least in the environments we fish, um, so they're not isolated. So that, that's actually kind of interesting. Um, so your, your, your three to six pound class fish and an occasional seven pound fish will be in schools of, you know, I'm talking 10, 15, 20 fish. You know, you'd consider that a wolf pack school. Most people would. Mm-hmm. I don't consider that a wolf pack school. I consider that just a school of fish with a, maybe a big one in there. And usually if you cast through it, your first cast and you get them fired up, the big one out of the school is going to eat first. That's big ones have prime feeding grounds. Big ones take food from little ones. That's just how it works. Um, when I find what I'm looking for is I'm looking for certain structure or certain areas. I'm looking for two to three fish. That's it. Two to three fish. And if I find those two to three fish that are hanging with each other, guaranteed they're over seven, eight pounds. So is your um, like instrumentation so like sort of dialed in that you can kind of tell that not only are these three fish, but they're three substantially larger fish than what we would see. So I can, I can, you know, I can pretty much tall tail sign um, a four to close to a six pound fish i can tell the slight differences between like a big like mid seven to a nine pounder i can tell those are those big that big because a lot of people don't understand when you when you get a fish trailing your bait if it's just a solid a solid blob it's probably a three to four five pounder but when you have a break between the tail and you can see the (laughs) tail actually swimming and there's dark between the oh, body and the tail, <laughs> that's that's a mega, and I've had to need a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> like, and they make big baits look very very small. So that's a good tall tail sign when you when you run your baits and you're out there and you're reeling in, and a and a fish kind of looks the same size as your bait. Pretty tall tail signs, probably three pounder, four pounder, not one you're really looking after. Ones you're looking after split almost look like two blobs. So, yeah, this this so four, this so four patterns this is, is so like... annoying, dude. I hate four <laughs> patterns. <laughs> so I'm guessing that you're this is like your your favorite time of year than to get out and all year and do this. Oh, no, you do, I well, I mean, I'm, we all do it all year, but like you, this is like kind of the the time of year that you really look forward to, or do you you have no, other times that you? I hate this time of year. It's cold. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I was gonna ask what your water temps are uh, up there. 43 about they were sitting 43 44 huh. today so yeah, okay hmm, months time <laughs> yeah 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 that's uh so pre-spawn i mean you know that kind of thing i'm sure is it, up there oh yeah it can get it can get pretty good the only problem is is like right now they're feeding so heavy so you're gonna catch your heaviest fish you will ever catch all year right now that's right. just the truth and then, you know, as they go into winter and they stop really feeding right before spawn, they do they do lose a little weight before they gain egg weight. So you're still going to catch a giant fish pre-spawn 
something like that but it's gonna have to be a special one to really push that nine ten pound mark so yeah dude that i that video of that nine pound fish you caught dude i <laughs> i almost jerked off to it i'm not gonna lie <laughs> well dude, <it> was... <laughs> that, that was the a funny, crazy the funny thing about that fish dude is like right after i so there's actually three fish with her i've caught two of them i caught an eight one i caught an eight one you know, a few days ago, um, after that nine, one that I caught. So that's the one of them that was with her. And then there's two more with her that are, I think bigger than both of them. But <clears throat> the funny thing wow. about that story is I cast in and she came scooting out and just smoked, smoked my swim jig. And I was like, Oh yeah, giant saw it on the screen. There's three other giants with her. And I'm like, Oh my God. So I got her in and I, you know, I put her in the net. I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. Giant. Yeah. Look at it. Giant instantly after that camera rolled i went ran back threw her in the live well went back up on the deck i didn't even know how big she was at the time i knew she was big i've gotten a lot of big eights you know and never caught a nine pounder yet been very very close like four times so i knew you she typical was typical right. fisherman dude you're looking for the next one <laughs> exactly so i threw it in the live well i knew she was big and i was like giant yeah awesome and i just cast it back out there and i had all three of them hot on it one of them didn't take it and i fish for him, fish for him, fish for him. And they were hot that day and not another one broke. And I was like, all right, now I need to deal with what I got. And I was finally got everything out, scale, put on a scale. And I just, my mouth dropped. I was just like, oh my goodness. I was like, finally. <laughs> there is a reaction video of me like laying down on the deck, like, thank God, finally, you know, finally, like in search of that. Yeah, that's crazy. Nine pounds, I mean, and 90%, 95% of us will never see a nine pound smallmouth. You know, that's, it's, it's uh, that's a once in a lifetime fish for most of us. So pretty incredible. Yeah. They're pretty different looking. They're not, what, they're, what's, what's the state record there? I wouldn't know. <laughs> so I just, I just actually, it's, you might've seen it, it's plastered all over right now. I'm getting a bunch of heckle, but I actually just broke the state record for catch and release up here with that nine pounder. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. It's all published all over around here. So I'm getting a little heck for that. But um, the state record's 972. So I was right there. And they kept that fish? That's what they yeah. delineated? Yours was catch and release? And Mine was fish. catch and release, and the other one's the weight record. And, that, and unfortunately, the rules here in Idaho is you have to kill the fish for it to be a certified weight record. Yeah, I could see how that is a rule, but it's a shitty rule. Um, so, uh, okay. So let's talk. So I, you know, a lot of guys, like it was a huge story when that 10 pound smallmouth was caught on Erie this year. Um, and to be honest, like we, we were that guy, uh, we're, he's supposed to come on and we just never got in touch with him. But, um, that guy was like, he i think that was like a little bit of a, like he fishes and he caught it and it was kind of by chance like what caught my eye about you is like dude you're out there like that's that's your fucking grind like that's what you're doing like and i respect that a lot because that's <laughs> we're not going after nine pounders unfortunately uh but that's like uh we started quest for 23 which i think yours was was it a 23 and a quarter or 23 and three quarter is that right quarter yep yeah, so we've never, in our boat, we've never seen a 23. We have some 22s, um, and 
I just thought it was like super cool, dude. I'm like, yeah, this is badass. Um, are you married, by the way? I have a wife and two kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you get by with fishing that much. It looks like you fish a lot. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, talk a little bit about like your method of um, catching those fish. Like what? Like what? What do you? It's obviously way different than a tournament guy, you know, like you're going out there like fishing for trophies, like different than tournament guy. Like what's, what's your, like your mindset when you're, you're going out there, like you throw big baits, like what, what do, what do you, how you, how are you doing it? Well, I adjust to the fish because you have to realize that these fish are on something new every single day. It's not like you're just going to go out there and huck a big giant swim bait and just roll it around all day you know maybe if you did that for a week you'd get two big bites maybe you know and who's to say that they're not going to be a six pounder you know what i mean so um and i don't know you you just like i said before and i've told a lot of my friends that fish up here i was like you really got to key on like the size and like what those fish are doing that day because you you have to realize you have stalker trout which are up to 12 inches, 10 inches. And I've seen eight pounders with giant trout shoved down their mouth. So I know they can eat them. And then you have your seven to nine inch kokanee, which are, that's like a steroid candy bar for a smallmouth. And there's millions of them in there. Now we have the largest kokanee spawn we ever had in the, like ever by a thousand percent. Like it's insane. And they're all about, that big right now you know hmm. three to five so inches co- kokanee salmon is that what you're yep, talking about and those are I'm, I'm assuming those are stock fish as well right no well they stocked them way back in the day but now they're all natural natural oh, thrive, like uh self-sustained so so, so why was just, the spawn so good this year just it's just it see and it, it just happens like this so this this reservoir is always going to kick out giants no matter how many people fish it, no matter how much, and this is, we'll get to this later because it's, I think a lot of people have a notion of they're just going to come up here and come for a week and go fishing wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the middle of nowhere. Good luck finding a place to stay. <laughs> Good luck charging your boat. Like, trust me, if I could go up there and camp for a week, I would, but why do that when I can bring my boat home charge every night? Like it, it's yeah. hard for me even living 30 minutes away from there to justify staying up there and camping for like, that's a lot of work, you know? And then yeah. you got to find a spot to camp first. This place, it doesn't matter if there's a hundred boats that want to come up here, that place, that, that town, the area, the park, it couldn't handle a hundred boats. That's why we're safe. It's like, so it might be come down to the fact that first come first serve once you're on the lake, if there ain't no park and you ain't fishing it, you know, but it'll never get to that point. So I'll tell you that right now. That's kind of yeah. cool. Duh. So you it's just know? so I, it's just so isolated and so yeah, far away can... from any, any sort of population center that could sustain or support large numbers of anglers and people yeah. vacationing. There's not going to be houses built on that lake and that kind of thing. It's all, it's all forest ground. It's all government ground, own ground. Like it'll never happen. And the thing about it is, um, you know, you have, it's, 
it's just a hard concept to grasp. It's not going to be like this forever. Like you only get years like this. It goes in cycles. Yeah. So this is the, yeah, next, we, we get that. Yeah. yeah this is the sure. next great cycle. And I told myself five years ago after I was crushing seven pounders and just taking pictures, didn't do no video, didn't think anything of it. And I was kind of one of those guys that was like, Oh, we need to keep this place safe. We need to, you know, and then I just started seeing, you know, more giant fish every single year. And I'm like, why is nobody videoing this shit? Like, why, why is nobody like somebody could really take off? You know, and the yeah. sad thing is, is all my other people that are, you know, that I talk to that are, have done this type of stuff. They just basically told me, well, let me, let me hurt your feelings right now. If you ain't going to do it, there's going to be some non-local that's going to come up there and do it. So, right. I mean, and that's kind of what happened. That's the only reason I even know about this mm-hmm. place is because there are some YouTubers that were up there, like, you know, social media guys that, you know, had posted some stuff and, you know, we're, you know, we're one of the very few, like, yeah, I think there might be one other smallmouth dedicated podcast. It's not that many of them out there. So we're pretty dialed into the smallmouth community. And like, I never, like, I knew, you know what I knew about Idaho is like Snake River. That's what I always heard. Like, oh yeah, Idaho's Snake River, smallmouth. Like, oh, it'd be kind of cool to go out there and catch from the Snake River. But um, yeah, it was like. I'm in the snake when you have the best reservoir in the world 30 minutes away from it. Like, yeah, you know. yeah, that that's pretty cool. How, so do you, do you ever catch them shallow? Dirt at shallow. All? Dirt shallow. Like top water and stuff? Like fluke top water holy frog. shit <laughs> I, I, I love throwing frogs up there on them it's so fun okay well we might have to become friends because <laughs> that's pretty cool. i mean how far like uh i mean you know that's the other thing i think that like you were talking about all the reasons why a place like that may never blow up and one of i mean one of them is just i mean idaho is not like a super populated state you know, and most of the people that care deeply about smallmouth fishing live within a few hours of where we live. And you're 30 yeah. fucking hours away from where we live. Dude, so, and, and that's good luck, you know. Yeah, it's thing, like, I what am I going to do? Fly out there and rent a bass boat for a week or, or, haul, a, or haul a 30, you know, haul, haul a bass boat 32 hours to get out there? See, and that's no, the thing is, is I got guys from like New York, you know, like big time fishermen they're like dude i want to come out and fish but i don't want to haul my boat like you know what i mean right like, yeah. they, don't, they don't want to travel 30 hours like 40 hours like some ungodly amount just to go fish for a, a small mouth you That's know it's gonna take you four days of travel to get out just there to get if there. you want to take your own boat and then guess what by the time you get there you better be ready because come springtime mark my word mark my word come springtime i bet you there'll be 10 boats that lose their lower units and if not a couple people might die because they don't respect this lake and that is a, a very of, serious thing we have jet boats we wouldn't lose our, <laughs> we wouldn't lose our lower units <laughs> a bunch of trees and stuff in there and, and floating floating showing. debris from runoff yeah. and i'm talking log jams as far as you can see on uh, floating, floating logs like giant trees floating under the water six inches wow that's heads. crazy man can't even see him and yes yeah, I've, I've hit multiple logs by the way in my deal so <laughs> so you you fish out of like a more traditional like glass bass boat right yeah skeeter yep okay is that is that out there the culture like fishing cultures because there's just so many 
different type of species you can target is that like do a lot of guys have bass boats or like what what is like Dude, so i don't think a lot of people know but like the west coast out here is like pretty big in bass fishing like there's yeah there's a lot of bass fishermen over here and a lot of bass fishermen that are over here on the west coast are kind of pissed off because you know what if a guy like me like because don't get me wrong, I chase trophy smallmouth, but I still know how to catch them. I still fish tournaments. That's what I do. I'm a tournament fisherman. I just so happen to have a trophy lake in my backyard. You know what I mean? So that's my whole goal is really to fish tournaments. And I told myself, how can I fish tournaments? How is there a way that I can get my name out there and get myself into the industry? And I said, why not? I'm catching the, some of the biggest smallies around. Why not? Yeah. Like... Sure. Yeah, for sure, dude. How much with... of is that how you kind of are you a full time like you support yourself through angling or do you have like a full time job as well? I'm a guide up here. Oh, you guide. Do yep. you guide on that on that reservoir? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm actually currently just first day of trip right now. Guys here for four days. So, so how do people just? We usually do this kind of at the end, but since it kind of came up organically, right. how do people get a hold of you if they wanted to book a trip? Just go to my Facebook and get a hold of me. And it's Joey, J O E Y Walton fishing. Yep. Joey Walton fishing. Yep. So hit him up. If you want to, if you want a chance at catching a nine pound smallmouth, go for it. That's uh yeah. yeah, no, that's great, man. So you, so you do some guiding, mm-hmm. uh, you do some tournaments. Are you like on any of the trails? Or are you just fishing local stuff or what are you, what are you I'll doing be, as far as tournaments go? Yeah, I'll be uh, fishing the wild, wild west bass trail this year. So cool. that's a big, kind of a big west coast circuit over here um probably well one of the largest honestly on the west coast it is the largest and uh yeah that's basically right up my alley that's why i chose to do it this year um three out of the five fisheries are reservoirs so wow okay are you are you going when you say like uh west coast like do you get into california then the first one's in two and a half weeks um on shasta Okay. Yeah. And that's very similar to my home lake. Yeah. That's why I say it's such a different dynamic out there. Like with one, you guys have trout and salmon. We don't have really any of that here. Um, So that's like where all the big trophy, you know, your, I can't think of that dude's name. Uh, um, Something brown. What's Butch Brown. Name? Butch Brown. Yeah. It's like where all that kind of big swim bait trophy fishing originated out there. Um, and it, you guys just have so much freaking water. Like there's a lot of water out there, dude. It's wild. It's, yeah. It's insane. Like if you ever looked up like the river, like the river systems through just Idaho, we have the lar- I think we have the most miles of river out yeah, of the whole United that. States. I'm pretty sure Idaho does. Like we have the most waterway. It's like our whole state's water. So crazy. And, you know, like, don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah, I got a a great fishery. This is just the one that's on the cycle right now. I got three other sleepers that I'm, I'm waiting on. So. Well, one thing is like, it's clear to me that you spend a lot of time, you know, out there kind of figuring out what they're doing, how to get to them. You know, it's not just a, an accident or, or a guy that's going out and just chucking a bait, you know, or whatever. So I think it's interesting to kind of, um, you know, examine like what, what are some of the things that you have brought to your system in the last couple of years that you think other people can add to theirs that might 
you know, improve their, improve their opportunities at, at big fish. <clears throat> Don't be scared to throw big baits. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, you know, they're there for a while, uh, earlier in the, earlier in the fall. Um, I knew the big ones were eating big baits. I know you, I know I could maybe luck into getting, you know, some on an A rig or some on just a solo swim bait, you know, a smaller Kai tech or something, you know, something different. Um, no, I went out for about, what was it? That one Thanksgiving day, I went out and caught an eight, nine and eight, two, a seven, seven, a seven, three and a seven, one in four hours. God, <laughs> and all, all just kind of on like what and size eight inch swim bait. Eight, nine, and eight inch swim bait. That's a pretty telling, fun way to catch them. And I'm telling you, when it's it's only like a week period of time, and it ha- just happened to be Thanksgiving, uh, when the water gets cold enough, they push all these trout, all these stalkers, juvenile trout, eight eight inches. They push up super deep, super into the shallows because they're eating because it's cold. And those giants just follow it, like they follow them. And it's only hmm. they're only there for like a week, a week and a half. And I timed it just right. It was like 50 degrees out, dead calm. And I was just slow winding a giant soft bait. And they were just absolutely annihilating it. Hmm. So it was pretty fun. And I, yeah, I, was watching, I was watching most of them eat it too. So yeah. yeah, your smallest fish that day was like our state record. So <laughs> that says anything to you. Pretty sure, pretty sure it was like a 38-pound bag in like four hours. It was pretty wild. Yeah, that's great. So, that's I, I think I actually did see that. Were you guys, did you guys keep them and take a picture with all of them? Oh, no, that was in a tournament. That was earlier, earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. That was our 35 pound okay. sack we caught. So, Jesus Christ. So that was, was, was up in the tournament. tournament. So, big baits, anything else that you can, uh, that you're, that you've added that you think other people could benefit from? Um, you know, I see a lot of people, you know, and I, get it because a lot of people finesse finesse smallmouth i i get it it's fun spinning rod stuff like that you see almost every single person using spinning rods for catching drop shot ned rig all that stuff yeah put them down you want big fish go to power fishing power fish them power fish them like you do largemouth power fish if you're power fishing big big baits big and you hook into that nine pounder, I'd rather have 20 pound test and a big eight out hook buried in her mouth than a two mosquito hook. You know what I mean? Like, dude, I couldn't imagine having, I didn't realize you caught that on, you know, bigger gear. Like, dude, that would be, I'm, used, caught, I'm using a seven eleven heavy mag, heavy 20 pound test, 300 style reel, eight out hooks, three, three quarter ounce heads. I mean, I'm, I'm using big gear. You throw I mean, fluoro though. Like, Yep. It seems like the fish that are in the the area where you're, you know, the reservoir where you spend a lot of your time, like your home water, it. Would you say that the majority of like their, their food is bait fish, trout, uh, salmon smelt, that kind of thing? Like, not a bunch of crawfish in there, not a bunch of bottom feeders, no, that kind of thing. We don't have any. There's no gobies in there. There's nothing no like gobies. that. There. Um, there are some crawfish in there but they're tucked way up into the creeks and into the tributaries. So they're really not out on main lake points too much. And from what I've heard, some guy went up there and caught them, like trapped them. And all the ones that he was catching were like 
the size of lobsters. So really? <laughs> I don't know if his <laughs> mouth could eat those. So <laughs> yeah, That's especially hilarious. when they have those bait fish are so plentiful. You know, it's kind yeah. of the lowest hanging fruit there. That's well, why a high yeah, protein, high yeah. protein meal, right? That's I mean, why eerie, you know, smallmouth feed on gobies because those are the easiest things to eat. So yeah, you know, whatever is easy, that's what you're probably going to end up catching them on. Well, and that's the thing is there's so much bait in that place right now. Like these fish are just eating all the time, like all year round. That's why they are getting so big is because we don't have like a growing season. Oh, the growing season is year round here. They're constantly eating. Maybe in the month of February, half your fish will shut down for hmm. a month, but that's it. Like, so you can get on a pretty good bite up here, weather depending if the weather lets you get on the lake, because um, not that it'll ever freeze over. It's just, you can't get into the ramps if the roads are bad. Yeah. I mean, if it snows too much, you're, you're in the lake. I think you, you may have been uh, an account. I was looking at video where you guys were like backing some, truck up with a snow-filled ramp was that you oh yeah 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 <laughs> we had a chain, chain up to yeah 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 you had chains on the tires i was like god that's crazy yeah. um that's cool man that's it's that's so different from what we're used to like not only what we fish but even really anybody we know the fish is like that's just like a different world um, it's really yeah, I mean, cool. fishing salmon smell, I mean, even like in Michigan, like, I mean, we have, you know, we have salmon, you know, we have there even Atlantic salmon, you know, not far from here, there are, you know, kings and cohos and all that kind of stuff here. It's just different. I mean, it seems like that's sort of the big thing there. That's what they've got to eat. That's the meal of opportunity. That's like the thing that, I mean... Well, the highest, I mean, kokanee is known to be the highest protein fish. Right. So it's like if you have the highest protein fish and an abundance of them in a deep, deep water, I mean. What's the deepest you ever catch them? I've caught them in 100 feet, but I don't like. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't like doing that. Yeah. Because. That's that's probably not. It's hard on them. It'd be it, it, if I guarantee if like it guaranteed me a ten pounder out of a hundred feet of water. Yeah, I'd probably go for it. But I mean, you catch a bunch of like two and a half pounders, and they come up, and their eyeballs are like the size of marbles. So yeah, you just let them Do go you, down. Does that does that uh, active target? Does it work in that deep of water? No, I can get it to work all the way down to one hundred fifty feet. Huh. I mean, how much, how much time, I mean, I'm assuming this is kind of a dumb question. I'll just preface this, but I mean, (laughs) it seems like to me, there are a lot of, there are a lot of things that you have to kind of add to your tool bag and master. And it seems to me like the active target is like, like people or whatever about it, you know, but for me, it looks like the, the type of thing that you have to spend quite a bit of time to master how to do it. It's not just something like, like people make it seem like it's like a video game that you can just walk up and turn on and, and, and fish. And, but to me, it looks like the type of thing that you really have to spend a lot of time sort of dialing it in, figuring out how to use it, how to apply the presentations that you've got to it and to figure out, you know, how to make it work for you. I mean, as far as like, uh, tips and and techniques and tactics on how to apply that specific piece of technology 
any recommendations for people that that want to get into that and how to how to kind of master it yeah so so what i've done a lot is um i shoot mine out 150 feet i mean that's that's how far because you got to realize when i'm fishing a, a point or i'm you know i'm starting I'm, I'm, I want to be way out. Like I want my screen to start kicking 60 feet right at the end of my 150. You know what I mean? Because right. I want to make that long cast and I want to hit the edge of that break right there before I get on top of them, I guess is what I'm saying. So I want to maximize my cast and be as far away from these fish as possible to where the farthest that I can see on the screen and be, because I, I, I'm a sole believer that these fish can feel the ping from the sonar. Okay. Um, I think that they're getting accustomed to that. So, and I really, truly do. Um, I mean, it, ma- it makes sense. That's always kind of something I've thought about too. Like their lateral line is so sensitive that they can, they can I mean, it. why would we think that they can't feel that? I mean, you can hear it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's like the, the whole thing with, you know, with submarines and, and radar operators and stuff like that, it's obvious that it can be heard. Yeah. So why, why do we think fish can't hear it? I, I think they can definitely hear it. So they can, I think they can feel it more than anything. Well, hear, see what, it, yeah, whatever hear, you feel, whatever. Right. But what I think is going on is when you get trailers like bait rejection and stuff like that, because trust me, I've seen bait rejection to the maximum more than anybody. Cause this place is the highest bait rejection place in the world. Promise you. And anybody that's fished it that knows how to use their scope knows it. And what I've been noticing is when I'm throwing the bigger bait that I throw obviously kicks off a bigger mark on my screen. They'll get super close to it. And then I kind of have it set so I can watch my ping going and hitting going, you know, you can kind of see the waves going out as it pings. And I see it as it right when it hits that bait, the fish will like veer off. So a lot of things that, so a lot of like, that's when they get close. So sometimes I can tell like when it's in the middle of a ping and if she's on it, she'll break sometimes. So like, I'll be following my, I'm saying way too much about what the secrets of this is, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what I asked. That's what I asked for. Yeah, I know. But so like, you got to follow the ping. Don't let her get too close and reel up in between pings. If you get what I'm saying, Hey, oh that's interesting so you're so you're not just using the so you're not just using it as like a there's a fish there you're using it as like like you're you're playing you're playing and working your bait between the times when it's pinging yeah that's so interesting i'm playing the science of it so and there's also been times that i'll get a giant fish and I've done it multiple times to get a giant fish following and I'll just unplug my live scope real quick. Wow. And I'll just wait for the feel tick. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah that's, that's interesting. Hopefully not too many people out there watching that. <laughs> well, well, we I can do, tell you we do we... have about 70,000 people that download this podcast per episode. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, that, most of our, uh, we, sh- we should have told you that. No, most of, of our, m- most of our listeners are river guys. So yeah, right. it's true. there's really not, we don't have a huge, uh, definitely not a huge live scope. 
uh, active target. It's audience. it's so it's not something that we could really do because like the, the places where we fish, first of all, most of the time we're within sixty feet of our fish. I, pro- I probably and, like if if the right people hear this, I'll probably just screwed over every other live scoper. Oh, it, <laughs> dude, it, it's like anything else. The technology is is so new that like. People are going to figure out ways to master it. And that's why that's what I'm curious about because I've just never really used it. It's like how you go about because because I know it has to play an important role in like how the the, the way that the sport is moving. Well, so I, what is the beginning? Like you're at the very beginning of it. I mean, you're like one of the you're like the Wright brothers or some shit, you know, at the beginning of the this new technology. So you got to I think it's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, man. Like and I'm still learning. Like, to be honest, like I'm still learning like tricks and stuff on, on the system because there's a lot to it. Like everybody thinks that you can just plug it in, put forward face and sonar on and go like, right. No, like there's so many more ways, like, because you got to realize when you come up on a point, say you come up on a long point, you can't just drop your active target or your live scope and look anywhere on that point. It doesn't work like that. You yeah. have to be positioned going up to these certain areas to where you point at this certain spot and you have a solid gain all the way down. You can see every definition of it and you only get those gains at certain angles. So you right. have, so that's where it comes down to me, like knowing my water, knowing where mm-hmm. I need to pull up on to maximize my, it's all angles. It's all angles. Now, do you, can you use like, like depth charts and stuff like that to kind of figure out if you're in new places or like in a place you don't know as well, you kind of say, Hey, based on the depth chart that I'm seeing, I think I should approach this from this angle to kind of make sure that I maximize my live scope or my active target to, you know, if I'm looking at this point, you know, that's so you, so you would approach it almost like, like say if you're like, you've got a spur coming out, you would almost, face it from the down the downhill direction i guess facing uh, uphill or I, across it it yeah see it's 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 weird that you say that because it depends on every different angle like if you look mm-hmm. over this way and it has more of a, a solid gain going up over you'll see up over but then say this side kind of goes down a little side ledge you go you get so much interference you won't even be able to see it going so it's all what side of the point do you want you want to fish this side do you want to fish this side or do you want to fish this side you got to find the right gains of the water that you're fishing right and honestly i don't even when i go to a new lake i don't use my graphs i use a map so i i have topo maps of basically every fishery in california every fishery in the west coast like paper paper maps paper maps yeah my whole I'll take a picture for you guys. Sometimes my whole room's wallpaper of maps. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, and then Very I basically, cool. when I'm bored at night, I just look on water and go through water and just kind of circle stuff that I want to hit. If I ever go to that fishery. So, and it all kind of ties into everything really. So. Very cool, man. Well, yeah. I, I think, uh, Josh, do you have, um, we kind of need to, probably get going here at some point but you got yeah I'm sure i don't really this guy forever so yeah i don't have anything else and honestly dude like uh as far as your social media stuff and all that anytime you want to come on man just you know uh 
we we'd yeah. love to have you on multiple times because um, that's really cool stuff. It's I very like interesting. It is very different, and I'm sure you're aware of that since you do fish a lot of different places. But like the the forage that your fish encounter, the kind of fishing that you're doing, I think is kind of unique and interesting. So yeah, appreciate you coming little, on, man. Yeah, it's a little bit different, but cool guys. I thanks for having me on. And I will, I will. There's a high probability I will be fishing with you at some point in my life. So. <laughs> uh, well, let's just hope the next podcast we're talking about a ten pounder because that's next. So that's what I'm. Oh hell yeah, if dude! You, if you, you get 10 if you pounder, do catch a ten pounder, are you going to kill it? That's the question. Yes. Yeah, I don't see why not. Right? Because you got to get the people don't understand when you get a smallmouth that big, she's going to fight herself to death. Right. After yeah. she goes through the weigh-in process, everything, she ain't going to live. I mean, it's – and to be honest, if somebody were to catch that 10-pounder, I would not blame them for keeping it because, honestly, that fish will never be caught again in her lifetime. So – and she's already she's already went through years and years of breeding stock, so her genes are out there already. That's what I was going to say. That's uh, one, it's probably an old fish, and – uh, it's probably not got that much longer to live anyways. And there's so many goddamn huge fish in that lake, dude. Well, you know? Not even that, but <laughs> screw anybody else that says they won't keep a fucking 10-pounder if they call it. <laughs> 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 I don't care how few of a On that <laughs> note, our, our sign-off is free the fighters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good deal, man. Hey, thanks, Joey. Appreciate you, man. Right, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. All right, see, see ya. ya. See ya.